We're about to light up season three of Drifter's Sympathy on Feral Audio. Episode one is called Dawn of Individuation, which rolls the clock back to right when you decide who you want to be and the kinds of early decisions that, for better or worse, completely mold the rest of the shape of your life. Episode two is going to be called Loner Legends, sort of an attempt to define who the underdog really is and their role in history and culture and art. Season three drops on October 23rd. This is Emil Amos. Check out Drifter Sympathy on feralaudio.com. I'm right here. I'm right here. I really am. 
reaching up, reaching out left, doing an elbow to the left, elbow to the right, getting in a fight at night with a tight right rope rope scoper. I'm a tight right rope scoper. Oh, welcome to Twisting the Wind with Johnny Pemberton. I'm Mr. Ed. Oh, I love that show as a young man. Hey, Thanks for being here. Thanks for uh, being in this moment right now. And I know it's a previous audio moment that was captured maybe a long time ago. Maybe it's thousands of years from now. And uh, you just eating some rye bread, okay? With the appropriate amount of melted Swiss on it with a really good artisanal mustard you got from a friend. Maybe that's where you are thousands of years from now because... The more things I did it again, I hit my fucking elbow on the table, everybody. I think I'm dying right now, everybody. Everybody. Like this is being listened to by more than one person at a time. I always speculate about that. Who's listening? Are you listening together? Probably not. But it, maybe it's a group. But it feels like a group when you do listen because it's a community feeling. And I hit my funny bone. Oh, man. Thank you for listening. I am Johnny Pemberton. This is Twisting the Wind. It's a really good podcast today. It's like it always is. I think it's, I, I'm, I'm, I'm doing something now I call re-entering re re the stride. Uh, I think I've found it again, what it was that once was lost, that was never actually lost. I think it's just, uh, it's, an, it's, an in, it's a non-tangible entity when the thing is great. And, uh, huh. I am Lucy Goose. Uh, I drank some almond milk coffee product beverage that was purchased at a at a fine a fine uh, a grocery establishment. Uh, thought that would help, but I'm Lucy Goose, as my friend Josh Fadum says. Uh, Lucy Goose. I am seriously Lucy Goose right now. Um, I feel like I am crashing from something that uh, typically I don't crash from because I'm not much of a crasher. Maybe I'm... Because couldn't I be jacked up and feeling like I crashed because of this caffeine, this caffeine injection? I don't know. What I do know, so I think I'm going to pass out and I may not want to ride my bike home, but I do want to talk to you right now and be in the moment. And thank you for listening. Thank you for rating the podcast so much. Thank you for uh, writing reviews about it. People have written some reviews that just touch my little baby butter heart. I'm talking about reviews that just get in there and they're just like butters in my heart. Not, you know, they just, they, they do like a butter in all my heart. Um, yeah, they just do that. It's just such a, such a great act of, such a thing that you've done. Also, the uh, when you subscribe, you gotta subscribe to the podcast. I don't know how if you, how you do it. You can do it through Stitcher. You can do it through iTunes directly. You can do it through Podbay. I think you can. Uh, whatever you do, whatever. However, if you're ever consuming this, subscribe to it. Subscribe, rate, and review. And then step two to being a really good part of this family, because it is one. It really is one. Is uh, the email here is twistingthewind at gmail dot com. Oh my God, we've got some good um, interactions going there. Uh, do you think I should start a a message board? What do you guys think? Dustin Marshall, who is the uh, person who runs Feral, he personally does not like message boards. He feels like it's a, an avenue for negativity, and I, I tend to agree with him to some extent. But I also feel like I also feel like what isn't? What in the world isn't a uh, a chance for negativity? Any great invention in the entire world has also been like, wow! I can't wait to use that for war. Does that mean we shouldn't have it? I don't know. 
it's neutral. It's uh, you. Things are what you make of them, right? That's such a broad statement, but I, I think that's mostly true. So I don't know. But would is there enough people here who want to talk to the enough people who are here to want to make a message work for twisting the wind? I don't know. Tell me. Find a way to tell me. Twisting the twisting the wind at gmail dot com. Um, it's a thought. I do have stickers of twisting the wind that are now going to be available, and t shirts will be coming very soon. I, I keep saying that like a real fucking asshole, and I said it a long time ago. But I worked on making these t shirts that were just for my name on them and stuff to sell comedy shows, and I did do that. And those are going to be available too. So there's going to be like a little twisting the wind store here at some point. Um. Oh, products products will be available. Uh, it's just a matter of um, it's just a matter of diligence, isn't it? It's a matter of um, you know when you, when you have a car, you got to work on your car and you got to do the diligence to take pictures of it and post them on the internet. So it's that kind of same sort of thing. So um, that's the email, and also donate. D o n a t e. Hey, man, I heard you want people to donate to Twisting the Wind. You, what you do is you go to feralaudio.com and you click on Twisting the Wind page and then you click on that little thing that says donate. It's PayPal. It's super secure. And it's the right thing to do because if you're listening, you better be bristering. Because if you're not blistering the blister, brister kister, you better find a place to get back to the blister. Totally. So that's the case. You can also shop on Amazon.com. You can shop on Amazon.com. And when you do, if you do it through the portal, if you go through the portal we have on the page of the page that is the name of Twisting the Wind, if you go through there, if you click on that, shop on Amazon, on the Feral Audio Twisting the Wind page, it will take you to Amazon.com through a special portal, also known as a window. And when you buy that way... Money gets kicked back to us, regardless of what you buy. Even if you buy the components to destroy human life. <laughs> I don't know if that exists. Uh, um, hi. Oh, would you like the, the component kit to destroy human life here on Amazon? We've got it. It's just it's, we call it the uh, the the Buster Brown snap snap dribble. Uh, it's a Buster Brown. What a dumb word to say. Buster Brown. Hey, you scummy, you Buster Brown. Dummy dumbs, but that that gives us it gives us the money. Okay, it makes it happen because uh, it's gotta it's gotta happen. This podcast needs your support if you want to be this have this podcast support you. And I could cry right now because I'm so Lucy Goose, but maybe I couldn't even cry because I'm so Lucy Goose. It's weird. What's going on? I know for one thing, I had an extreme amount of. Uh, I'm just gonna say it. I had a significant amount of wax extracted from my ear. And it's something where, oh, daddy, that's a new life when you get to happen. You know what I mean? You're just like, wow, where have I been? This mu- What is this stuff called music? Um, evidently, I, I, I am told by Brit that the, um, the reason this has happened to me, why I had this extreme wax occlusion difficulty, is because if you travel a lot, I've been traveling like crazy the past few weeks and this is why these podcasts have been in a delayed fashion but also you know for for good things we wait i believe and uh for the good feeling of making it i have waited as well which is which is not not a good thing because i like doing this i don't know why i don't do it as much but it's hard it's hard to get the product in line right okay so the thing i heard that deborah told me is that she saw a late night show in which the actress kat dennings was on there talking 
about her life because that's what they do on those those late night talk shows. And she does a, uh, she did a whole bunch of traveling for her her jobs and multiple different jobs. One job's here, and she can't not do that job. And her job's all far over there. So she's got to travel on the plane to those two jobs a lot, like every fucking week. And uh, I guess your ears build up shitloads of wax to the point where it's 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 uh, it's a fucking plug, baby. Ugh. God, it's terrible. I think it's because the ear probably is... Because wax is good. Wax is a defense. It's like a thing that... Hold on a second. Back. Sorry, I just heard like a bunch of like... What sounded like dogs barking through flanger water cones outside. Thought maybe it was some person recording a weird answer machine message right outside the window. It wasn't. It was just dogs being dogs. I don't know how those things became sounded similar, but they did. Uh, but the wax, the wax, the wax, the wax. Your ears, natural defense going overboard when you're going up and down in those planes. It's the pressure. The pressure is hitting you there, hitting you here and there and all upside down everywhere. And gosh knows when and why and we did it. And now I'm deplugged and feeling frisky. Because, oh, man, not being able to hear. There's only a few things in this world that really bother me. One of them is not being able to hear properly because of something that's in my ear and mouth pain. I'll take anything. I'll fucking take a... You can drill in my goddamn thigh with no anesthesia. I'll take it. But if you have to do stuff to make me... That makes my mouth hurt. Ugh. Fuck it. I don't want to have that at all. I've had a lot of crazy shit happen to my body, but the worst thing ever was having those wisdom teeth taken out. That was worse than having my entire large intestine removed. I mean, sort of yes and no, but there's something about the, uh, something about mouth pain that just is the worst. It's just like, it just takes you down. Anything that, anything that prevents or, that, or it makes it difficult to speak and to eat. Oh, no, th- <laughs> uh, no, thank you. <laughs> yeah, you gotta keep those, keep those things moving. I'm gonna blow me down. Oh, keep my ears, not keep my ears unoccluded. Nobody gonna hurt my mouth. Nobody gonna drill my teeth. Oh, I don't wanna have an injury. I don't wanna have it in my mouth. Don't wanna have it in my ears no no I do not want to get the places hurt nobody gonna hurt my ears nobody gonna injure my mouth oh, no no I do not want those thing nobody gonna do it again I'm not gonna let you in my mouth my ears my mouth my ears my mouth my ears my mouth my Oh, 
well, that was fun, wasn't it? That was what I call a free-form chorus remingle master dash, okay? A little something fun there. A fun, cool song. If you haven't heard that song before, you gotta check it out. Uh, it's an 80s hit called Break My Stride by uh, Matthew Wilder. It's, uh, I mean, I, I felt one of those things, that song is so stunningly great. It's such a fucking real hit. Even the way he says break it, he says break it. He doesn't say, nobody's going to break my stride. No, he says, nobody going to break on my stride. Break on my stride. What is this guy? Is he a fucking Rastafarian? I don't know. Whatever he is, he's a fucking genius. Because that song, it's a hit, right? It's a goddamn hit. It's an undeniable hit. But if you think about it, what a great song. What like a great message right there. Just like nobody's going to, just you, you got it. Nobody going to, ugh. It gives me a little tangle. It's a great song. It's such a fucking beautiful song. Which really brings me to the guest. This guy is that song. This guy had many opportunities in the life to have his stride broken. He really did. Uh, um, I mean, this is I'm, I'm going out of protocol here talking about the guest and not a phone call or at all, really. Typically, it's a phone call thing. But, um, yeah, I just wanted to bring that around because it's sometimes when you see a connection, you got to make it, right? You should make, it, make us make some connections. It's okay to make a connection. It's okay to say, wait, did, do you know him from this? Okay, cool, great. Uh, that's a bad example. The, like I said before, I'm fucking steep. I'm steeped. I am like a tea steeped right now in Lucy Goose. If the Lucy Goose was a tea bag, I would be like fully fucking saturated, steeped by Lucy Goose to the point where I don't know what I'm going to have to do to get to fix this. You ever have that? You're, what is what is that? What is that thing where you just don't know why you feel a certain way, but you do? Okay, I've been traveling. Um, that makes sense. Took got a lot of sleep last night, but I did eat a bunch of noodles and drank a bunch of beer and pooped a whole bunch. Maybe I'm dehydrated. Maybe I need more salt. Maybe I need potassium. Maybe I need magnesium. Maybe I need to take a nap. Maybe I need to have sex. Maybe I need to do some backflips. Maybe I need to exercise. Maybe I need to don't exercise. Maybe I need to don't exercise at all. Maybe I gotta stop breathing. Maybe I gotta meditate. Maybe I gotta lay down. Maybe I, maybe, maybe I gotta pet the dog. Maybe I gotta see the doctor. Maybe I gotta take some antibiotics. Maybe I gotta take some more liver medicine. Maybe I gotta eat some dinner. Maybe I gotta have less dinner. Maybe I should not eat much at all. Oh, maybe I shouldn't run. Maybe I should just go outside and take a constitutional late night walk to breathe in the air of the city maybe it's because i'm back in a dry place it's not as moist as the place i was before it's also hotter hotter and drier instead of cool and moist maybe that's it maybe i need new shoes maybe i should change my socks maybe i should take a shower maybe i should run down to the the the, the, the ocean and take many hours to get there in traffic and just dip my head in there and maybe oh i got a needle poked maybe what what do you do what do you do when there's all these maybes? Maybe I should smoke a cigarette. <laughs> I lost my e-cig, everybody. Left it in Toronto. Okay, that's what I want to say here. I want to just, follow, I want to just polish off this uh, intro segment with this, please. Uh, Toronto. Uh, I was in Toronto for a week doing shows. I talked about this last podcast and said I was going to blast them. Like, going to fucking do straight-up blasting shows. Guess what? They were. I did it. I, I decided, I was like, you know what? No more fucking around. No more ever doing anything but blasting. 
did it. Every show was a blaster. Some shows were better than others because of the audience and because of just certain environmental factors that are uncontrollable. But some shows were so fucking rip-roar goddamn blast that it made me question everything about where I live right now. Because Toronto, wow, what a great place. Uh, if you came to any of these shows and you're listening right now, thank you so much. It was, those were, uh, People say this all the time, but those, that was really... Honest to God, some of the most enjoyable times I've ever had in my entire life as a performer. I don't say stand-up, because it's not really stand-up. It's performing. It's like it's talking. It's, twist, it's, it's twisting that wind. It's letting that fucking light shine. Letting that, letting that, uh, just that shit, the fucking, the, the flies of joy blast out of, you, out of your mouth and just, everybody. Like that guy from the Green Mile, you know it's that, and I really enjoyed it. And uh, met some met some comedians in uh, Toronto who are uh, hilarious, who I never met before, and now I'm like these people are not only uh, deeply hilarious and interest and in a very interesting, truly alternative way, but they are some of the most friendly, uh, hospitable, welcoming. I mean, I just can't say enough. What a, what a great... It's no, it's no surprise that shows like Kids in the Hall or... It's no surprise that so many great comedic, comedic minds have come through or out of Toronto. It just it makes so much sense to me. I, I am... I'm, I, I was humbled, but at the same time, I was also exalted due to the... Uh, the beautiful nature of the audience people there how much they're on board with so much fucking bizarre <laughs> things i presented uh what a what a joy um that being said if you live other places i think you're still great and i probably would love to be there just really thanks to the, to the toronto to the toronto thing that happened it was a real Okay. That's good, man. Oh, God, that was that was hard when I was a beast. You should do voiceover. Yeah. Well, you do voiceover. <laughs> yeah, I do. So. And they always ask me that. Hey, could you can you do a thing where you um you move the mic around really fast? And shake it. You move our five thousand dollar voiceover mic around really fast and create sort of a stereoscopic effect that's un- impossible to do otherwise. <laughs> it's impossible to do in post with our with our guys who went to grad school for. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That'll be funny if they did. And ask those me to those sound guys are pretty serious about their sound they are man they're heavy but no duty. they are they, they're intense they're, they're tensors their sound tensors floating discs as they should be did you ever play dungeons and dragons no no you haven't no. Uh, there's this thing that we used to i used to play it when i was in uh, middle school and such there was a spell you could do as a wizard called tensors or tensars floating disc wow and um, we used to use it as a um we used to use it improperly as, as like a sled like a flying bot Oh really, wow! It's not. This is such so off the point and weird, but I don't know. Yeah. I would. My friend would try and get me to play those magic cards. Yeah, I can see that. Did you? you can I, never, see I never got into magic because we always thought, as D and D players, that magic was bullshit. Man, that's really? like low grade, cheesy, cheesy, like not yeah. as cool. My friend would try and teach me, and I just, I just would not get it. Wouldn't it's get just it? totally. I didn't see like. We must have not I been couldn't understand. In it. Just the yeah. whole story with every card. 
Right. You know, I just didn't get it. I don't know. I've never tried. Maybe I'll try someday. I pl- I can play like cards, like Go Fish. That's probably yeah. all I can handle. You ever play Big Two? Is that that's a card game? It's a card game. My friend Stanley, Chinese guy, taught it to me. Okay. I that guess it's popular good. in the uh, popular where he's from among his 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 ilk. That sounds like a cool. Wh- it's a good one. How do you say your last name, Maddie? Okay, it's um. You break it down into three syllables. I think I've been saying it wrong in my head, and I know I I've said it right. So you let's know. hear you say it though. No, I don't want, no, I don't no, want to. That's why I ask. I, I that's, really... why, that's why you ask questions. It's because you want to know the answer. Okay. Well, I say um, it. So a lot of times I'll say things wrong on purpose. But you know, you, you you do something, you know, you're doing it wrong, but you still do it anyway. Like you say yeah. something, you just say something wrong. Like I think I've been saying your last name, which I know is wrong, but it, yeah. it's sort of it's sort of a it keeps deviating and becoming something new because it's like fun because yeah. i know the rules of the italian language so i've been saying quadrupole <laughs> <laughs> that's I get not that how one. you say it no i get that one yeah, yeah. quadrupole quadrupole <laughs> <laughs> i think that's a that's a funnier name for uh, com- comedy i guess now you pronounce it uh and ca- it's three syllables <laughs> car dar opal car, and then dar, you opal. say it fast Carteropal. Carteropal. Got it. Hey, Carteropal, yeah. Where's that come from? It's Italian and Greek. Okay. It comes from Nepali in, in Italy. Ah, Na- but it's, Naples. But it's a one-of-a-kind name. No, Not many people well, have it. Well, so I, I sure don't have yeah. it. I don't have it. Yeah. I don't even have it down. And people in high school would call me Farteropal. Farteropal? Yeah. Did you fart not, a lot? No, no. Yeah, they so just you, called me that. Yeah, it doesn't take much. You don't have to have the thing to get the name that it... In, there, there was a guy that that would just fart as loud as he could in the library. Really? I th- I think he, I th- I think he was autistic though. Really? But he would just fart, just blast him out. Yeah, not even care. So. More. But he was autistic. So. Mm. But isn't everyone now? I guess so. Mm. Everyone's everyone in Los Angeles is autistic. I think so. I think that's how you for make sure. it, right? That's how you do it. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe just a touch of it. I don't know how to... I wish there was a gradation, like a scale. You could have a card. Like, you know how people have... Uh, if you're Native American, there's like a... Your card carrier Native American. Oh, I didn't even yeah. know that. That's a, Well, because you have to... Re, you don't have to, but you can register. You can choose to register with your tribe or the, the nation that you uh, belong to. So you're like, I'm officially yeah, yeah. this. Which yeah. means you're entitled certain... I feel like everyone has autistic traits. I feel like I, yeah, like I was in New York City recently, and I don't. I was in like, uh, you know, outside in the in the in the big city, and it was just so overwhelming. You know, just oh, being around totally. uh, the, the cars and the people, and I just just want to know yeah, too much. Yeah, exactly. I'm Ugh. like, I need to find a park and just or like a yeah pizza place and just pizza place and chill just out fucking put it was like penn station and i just was freaking out with all the people just yeah like, man and the noise and I, it was weird yeah i feel that yeah. way about um going to like whole foods or disneyland it's a thing where oh yeah i just want to fucking look at everybody and see what like who is that person that person looks just different enough for me to look at them to the point where I know, like, I want to just keep staring at this person, but I know I can't. I feel that way about Target and malls, too. Yeah, any any sort of public zone. I feel like the more liberal, the more the weirdos stack out. But also, it's kind of weird to see someone, like, oh, that person's a weirdo, but they're not. You know, you always see someone, like, like, I went to Ikea today to buy that table. Yeah. Saw this couple, 
some cute girl in like a very like sort of standard sort of blue dress and she's with some guy who looked like like a looked like a crazy asymmetrical long haircut like tons of facial piercings and stuff it's like those two are definitely together right because you go to ikea because you shop yeah yeah like, they don't look like brother and sister yeah they're, they're together i'm like what what a weird couple she must be a freak boy and i don't know I, don't, <laughs> I was thinking more like she must be like interesting or weird in her own right just not ap- immediately apparent in that way yeah then i saw some other couple that was like the opposite thing going on where it was like this girl looked just like the other girl but just slightly more like turned up as far as just trinkets and accessories and whatnot but the dude she was with was like the most like like flat-headed uh, short-haired uh, frat boy looking dude you've ever seen so i'm like oh she's probably putting it on whereas there yeah you know yeah. What I mean? it's like such a weird thing to how, how someone looks versus who what they um what they what they're into what they're, what they're yeah yeah with. what's their deal yeah what's your deal man what's your deal especially i like going to ikea and getting the the dollar hot dogs man, i love the food there yeah i, I hate it today yeah, in the ice cream. I might eat that. meat today. I'm trying not to eat meat on Mondays, just okay. just to do it. And uh, I hate that's a good rule. Yeah, it's it's a thing. It's like a popular. You know, it's a fucking meme. It's an internet thing. It's like easy to do, <laughs> but it's like easy to remember because it's meatless Mondays. You know, so it's yeah. easy to remember. It's just not like yeah, a hard yeah. thing to. But I went. I got some of those. I was trying to walk past. I knew exactly when I needed to get there. I wasn't like. In a, I wasn't. I was kind of in a hurry because I wanted to get here. But was I knew, the one on Burbank? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I know exactly what one. I wanted. I was gonna pass up that cafe. I'm like, no, I gotta get some. Uh, <laughs> gotta get something. Gotta get a table. Yeah. <laughs> I got a. I got a piece of garlic bread, <laughs> and I got a, a two little potato and broccoli medallions. Nice. And the, the lady put some uh, the fish sauce that she uses. It's a, it's a lemon dill sauce. Whoa. Um, typically, it would go on the fish, and I, I inquired about it. <laughs> yeah. And she's like, "Do you want some?" I'm like. Yes, please. <laughs> yeah. She put in a little side cup for me, and I dipped. I did a dippies. <laughs> nice. Yeah, man. That's, nice that's living large. Fucking a big old big nights. <laughs> yeah, big days. That's great. So you just came from New York City, working on a movie, right? Uh, no, I was in New York uh, for um, pizza research. Yes, yeah, <laughs> I was actually. Yeah, you kind of are, aren't you? I was. I just walked around, tried yeah. every pizza place. Did you really? Yeah. Oh, a lot man. of uh I love uh Joe's on Carmine Street. Dude, I have That's my favorite. Okay, I gotta hit it up. Yeah. Cold and, fire or wood fire? Uh uh cold. Speaking of artistic, yeah. our friend Randy Lickey, he uh was really into making pizzas a couple years ago. He made them really fucking good. Oh really? Home oven. And he found some website of some dude who's definitely an autistic dude in New York who had this long, like, old-style webpage that kind of doesn't have, like, a... It's not cropped appropriately, so you can <laughs> scroll sideways for, like, 12 feet. And he, <laughs> I he, hate that. Yeah. He diagrammed, I think, every single pizza place in New York with, like, oh all, the different, all the different all uh, the different data that you can ascribe to a pizza place he has on there and the number of trips he went to and, like, ratings for the yeah. pizza and stuff. I just spent a day walking around to every pizza place and getting a slice it was the best pizza. yeah um patsy's and chelsea is also really good did you ever go to that place called uh is it uh, what's it called it's in it's in brooklyn it's really big now obama went there actually okay. oh really yeah i went there well, the first week there, it was open it must be good by, by just happenstance my friend lived across the street from there 
And it was fucking good. Obama thinks Five Guys burgers are good. He does? Yeah, I don't think they are. That's Do you funny. like them? I've never been to Five Guys, not it's once. It's not good. It's not very good. I'm sure it can't be. How yeah. could it be good? How could, yeah. it be gr- how could it be great? It's not that great, yeah. Burgers are, I don't know. I think I'm, I'm done with, I'm kind of done with burgers in terms of like them being good Forever? or bad. No, just in terms of the rating and like, oh, this is a good burger. Yeah. I feel like I've, I'll never have a better burger than I've already had because I think yeah. a lot of it's experiential. What's your burger place in LA? Uh, I mean, I, I it's like... It's become like a food Yeah, food, who cares? Uh, podcast. Let's, let's do it. <laughs> no, I great. like Umami Burger, but at the same time, Umami Burger is also sometimes, it's too much burger. It's too... Yeah. My favorite are the, are the, the shitty stands that are like the, the old charbroil stands, you know, that just like a boring oh, ass yeah. burger place. Those places all have the best burgers. Like, I love Apple Pan. Apple Pan's are really good. Apple so Pan's good. Fucking, yeah, they're really good, I guess. Every time right? I have an audition in Santa Monica... I go to Apple Pan. But that's not even in Santa Monica. That's like on. That's I know, like, it, but anytime I'm, I live in Silver Lake, so anytime I have to go to the West Side, okay, I'll stop at Apple Pan. Apple Pan on the way back. The thing about listeners, we're talking about a restaurant that's been around for probably like seventy or eighty years. Oh man, it's the best, and it's staffed exclusively by guys who have been working there forever. And they, when they, they make a burger. It's a pretty normal burger, but they put uh, some type of a slaw, like a pickle slaw, on it. That's fucking good. Yeah. It's so good. They also snap hickory, open bag. Hickory sauce. Hickory sauce. That's what it is. Yeah, hickory sauce, the Get pickle the stuff. Get the hickory burger with cheese and also the, the banana oh, cream yeah. pie. Yes. I don't even like bananas. Oh, man. You don't like bananas? No, I don't. Damn. I don't know what's wrong with me. Well, you'll, you'll come around. Yeah. Yeah. Wait, but why are you in New York, though? You didn't finish why Oh, yeah. I was, in, I was in New York for uh, the Tribeca Film Festival. Awesome. Started by De Niro. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, he started it. He oh, wasn't yes. there though. I didn't get to meet him. Oh yes, Bobby Digital. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I was there for Tribeca for a film, What's uh, the film? Life Partners. It's called Life Partners. Life Partners. And uh, it's a great little indie movie with Gillian Jacobs from Community. It's Gillian, and not Jillian, huh? Yeah, I wow. thought it, I thought it was <laughs> I thought it was that too. I did some indie movie with her too. Yeah, uh, I wasn't. And did you it. call her Jillian? I didn't have any scenes with her, so okay. it didn't matter. But yeah, because yeah. I I was I was calling her Jillian. And she did she correct you quickly? I don't think so. I don't. No, I don't think I said it to her face. Was someone just, like her? I think I'd have trouble not continuing to say it wrong on purpose. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, sometimes it's like, oh, you want to tell me what to say? I guess yeah. I'm gonna keep saying it wrong. But yeah, she's super nice. I bet. Uh yeah, and Life Partners. Yeah, Life Partners. It's uh and actually they they uh the production office is here in Atwater. Really? The same complex. Oh, it's right down the hallway there, isn't it? I think it's it's the next building over. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of little little ditties around here. Yeah. Little like silent ditties. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, so that was great. And before that, I had just gotten back from Hawaii because I was in Hawaii for Jurassic the new Jurassic Park. That's cool. You said that yeah. aloud. Didn't it make you sign like a thousand NDAs for that? You had to sign some well, NDAs for that, right? People know I'm in it. Right. I can't like tell you the plot. Really? <laughs> <laughs> you I guess it? I want to know. Tell me, is there, are there dinosaurs? I bet there are dinosaurs. Uh, uh, well, that's fucking crazy, man. Yeah, that was insane. How long were you there for? A week. In Hawaii. It was. Where? Uh, the Big Island? The Big Island. Yeah. Uh, Oahu, yeah. 
No. No, Big Island's The Big Hawaii. Island, yeah. No, it wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> um, I was in Oahu. Oahu. It was, it was unreal, man. It was a dream come true. I bet. But also at the time, like, I was going through a breakup with my girlfriend. Okay. So it was like I was having the time of my life on set, and then I was like going to my hotel room like sobbing yeah that's you know that's a weird thing yeah it was like a five-year relationship so it's yeah that's anything over uh well anything over two is significant yeah and anything over every year after that it's just you're just there's more nails yep it's uh yeah that's crazy to be working at the same time yeah it was it was it was a good it was a challenge to Mm -hmm. kind of separate the two yeah, because you have to at some point, right? Yeah. Because that's like the thing that they always teach in acting classes is yeah. if you don't have it together... Leave your shit at the door is what the they door. say, yeah. It's like if you if you can't have it together when everything is going right, how are you going to have it together when something bad happens and you yeah. have to... You gotta. You gotta. You can't you gotta. Not, yeah. You gotta. But yeah, that's that's amazing. Yeah, it was... Uh, so when, that won't be out for a while, huh? No, That's, this summer. Really? Yeah. It's so crazy. I always expect turnarounds They're to be... They're editing it now. Jeez. That's cool. Oh, yeah. It's a summer movie. It has to come out in the summer. Yeah. That'd be cool if I made it a Christmas movie or something. <laughs> <laughs> so what is it? Jurassic Park 5 or is Jurassic it Jurassic Park, Park 4? 4. How yeah. long has it been since 3? Oh, man. A good long. I think 2003, maybe? It's weird the how one, happening. The one with William H. Macy. Okay, I don't remember Did you that see one. that one? I think I did, but I don't have a good recollection of it. It was weird. Like, a month before I booked it, I watched all three of them in a row. And I wasn't even thinking about the right. movie. And I just, really? Yeah, it was weird. Oh, man. You know what that one is those... right there? That's a classic example of just... Uh, when you were watching it, were you thinking, like, how cool it would be in the, in the movies to be in yeah. that movie? Yeah. I mean, obviously... I think about that all the time, especially if I've been drinking and I watch a movie, I get real like wistful and like, oh man, I love movies. I <laughs> yeah. love them. Oh God, he's so good. I would love to be that way on a, on a yeah. film. But were you at, were you really thinking about it when you're watching it? Oh yeah, I was definitely thinking. I mean, so you basically I just, loved the, bo- the book when I was a kid right. and I loved the movie. It was, yeah, it was, it was a dream come true to work on that. So sure. you sent a, you sent a postcard to the universe saying, um, if, <laughs> I did. I'd be interested in this. Um, I'm gonna send about a thousand dollar postcards out, <laughs> but uh, you know, I will respond. <laughs> yeah, thank you, universe. Wow. Um, is your, <laughs> it really does work like that, though. It's it does weird. all the time. Yeah. Yeah. It the just universe has, is nice. It's good. Yeah. It's good as long as it's a weird thing because you find yourself getting. I found myself getting in patterns of uh, weird negative thought. You can't. Like, no, yeah, you, well, you mean... Yeah. Yeah. And it, once you break out of it, it's weird how the second you break out of it, it's like you're looking at something like, what the fuck was that? Like, what, what was going on over there? I'm looking at you. Like, when you step outside of yourself and see the way you were thinking, just how... It's just like this weird... What do you mean? Like uh, When you think negatively, when you have sort of like a negative, like, oh, oh me, oh my... Yeah, oh, why, oh why isn't it me yeah, or something? Why, why, why isn't it me doing the thing that I want me to do? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> how, yeah. Come, how come the people to do the thing, but that person didn't do it for me right now? I want that. Hey, <laughs> hey, I want that too. Hey, what can, hey, have I seen that movie? No, but I want to do it. 
I, I, I want to do Goodfellas too. This is my favorite movie. No, but I want <laughs> to. Is that an actual? <laughs> is that Goodfellas too? Is that coming? No, wouldn't that okay. be great though? Goodfellas? That would be cool. I can see if that happened. I mean, at this point, we're at the point now where there's no because the turnaround is because people who are in their thirties have money and power. And they want to see things that they liked when they were thinking about why they liked them. They just liked them because they liked them. And so there's all these redos of things. I mean, 21 Jump Street's a a classic example of that. Yeah. What was that when you booked that? That Was was that kind of your first big, big thing for you? That was the first big, big thing, I think. Because In the Loop was... uh, That's a pretty small movie, though. And that was something where I had been... um, I had I, something where I hadn't been doing anything very long, so it was sort of like, I just didn't even know what I was doing. I mean, I knew what I was doing. You know what I mean? I just didn't really have any sort of gravity or reference whatsoever. Yeah. I just was sort of there and really happy to be there. And Yeah. Um, yeah. What was it like like for 21 Drum Street, like getting that? Oh what do you mean? Like, well, how did you feel? I felt really good. It was That was a weird process. I don't know if I've ever really talked about it, but I... Really? Yeah. I, I hear was... It. I was up for this big role. It was one of the. It was the, the main role of this character Zach. Yeah, Zach. And um, the the movie had been written a bunch of different times. But when I was had been had been rewritten, the way it is now is very different than the part that I auditioned for. Yeah. And I went out for that part, and it was me, and one other guy, and it was like. Uh, I was fucking crushing it in the audition, right? Like I really nice. worked. I, it was one of the first times I had ever really worked on something a lot. Like I worked on That's it. Smart. I beat it. You to have death. to every audition. Well, you, you every to, audition you, you have, have to, to either do that. do that or you have to do either do that or don't do anything. Because I have to either be yeah. so in the moment because I know it so well that I can't. You can't even fuck with me, or I have to be so not. I don't know anything that I'm not even going to try to do it the way that it's supposed to because I'll fuck it up trying. You yeah. know what I mean? It's like yep. I, f- I feel like more and more it's it's I'm doing that because I just don't have the time. If if I don't have if I don't have weeks to prepare for something, then I have to do it the other way where I'm just sort of. Um, Working smart as opposed to working smart and hard. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Do you get coached for every audition? Um, I co- if I coach, if I have time. Yeah. But even then, even if you, if you get coached a bunch, it doesn't matter. You know, it's like yeah. it's like you can coach out your fucking face off, and sometimes it's not the right thing for you, so it's hard exactly. to, hard to access it. Yeah. Well, with that particular, I role, coach every time. You do. Yeah. Even if it's like. Even if it's one line, because I I end up booking it. Oh, really? So, yeah. I mean. It's nice. It's nice to have like someone else' opinion. Yeah. You know, you're right. I mean, I I used to coach a lot more, but um, I don't know. Uh, I don't know if anything's really changed. I just think maybe I haven't been going out for as much stuff with that. But yeah, go on about your. I oh, uh, well, basically, long story short, like it went to this other guy, even though I was fucking Jerk. crushing it. It was because one of the producers liked. There was one of like six producers, and it was a, a very loud-mouthed producer, and they wanted this other guy for the part, so he booked it. And I was Jerk. like, I was pissed, you know. But they wanted me to. They liked me a lot because you know it was it was one against seven to get to get the other kid, and that one person who wanted him fought for him so vehemently. So they all backed down because that person also was a was a EP and a also oh. a big part of the film. I won't yeah. say the name just because I don't want to. You know, I, want, yeah, I don't yeah, want to yeah. go on record saying that. Yeah. Um, 
but uh, and that happened, and then they but they offered me some other really small part. It was like just a day shot, day shoot of something, and they had me come do the to the to, uh, do the table read uh, to read that part and a bunch of other just miscellaneous parts. So I did went to the table reads my first time table read. Like oh my god, all these it's nerve wracking, right? Yeah, I mean. I yeah. was like, I was so, I didn't even think to be nervous. <laughs> I was sort of like. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. wow. That's good. Well, I didn't, I got nervous, but it was one of those things where, you know, sometimes it's just so much, it's hard to get nervous about, because you can't, you can't even deal with it. There's so many angles. Like, there's all these. Yeah. Like, it's a mat, it's a boardroom that's over capacity with all these fucking, you know. Like 50 executives. 50 executives. And everyone's staring shit. at you, watching you. Act. Yeah. And so all you can do is, I suppose, is just read, you know. All you can do is just yeah. just read it. And and oh, that's the other thing about table reads. It's okay to fuck up. Like, that's the whole point of it. It's okay, as yeah. long as it's funny. It doesn't matter if you make a mistake as long as it's funny. Yeah. Well, my, my biggest yeah. fear, like, when I was a kid, was reading out loud in front of people. Yeah. And still, like, and it's funny, I chose to be an actor. It's like the worst. It's like I still think about that yeah. even with the table reads too. I think about it. And I'm like, um, okay, it doesn't matter. You can fuck it up. Just uh, just keep as long as you keep going. As long as you're like in the moment. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah. But I did that table read, and then I was flying to Florida to do some comedy show, and I got a call that they wanted me to do this different part that shoots for like 20, 25 days. It was one of these. Shit. So it was basically a friend of that character that I auditioned for. Yeah, and but they had since changed the strip the script drastically to affect the casting, and so basically all the scenes that were like stuff where I was like I was crushing it, and I knew I was crushing it, and the other guy I was kicking here and through the wall, not crushing it. I'm like, there's no way he can he can't do this because right, not that yeah. he's bad or anything, just that he's not doing the thing that you have to do to to read to the get li- it. read the lines that were written. Those are like, yeah. if it's someone yelling at a person. You have to yell. You can't yeah. not yell. Yeah, so, yeah. So all that stuff that was all the stuff that was like yelly and emotional, that stuff was just got. Uh, it wasn't even in the script. So it basically, right? Yeah. yeah, it was like a totally different. Yeah. So that that, that whole process was a weird uh, up and down, in and out, all like crazy, crazy, not happening, and then happening, and then then I'm there, and it's like, well, it uh, kind of doesn't even matter. So yeah, yeah, that's great. But yeah. That's great. And when you were on set, you felt great, or I don't know, man. No, I felt terrible, kind of. I felt really, really? weird. I just felt uncomfortable because I didn't know. You didn't know how to. Well, because it's weird. Be. Yeah, it's hard. It's hard when you're playing a character that's like so in the back in the background of so many scenes. Because it's like if you do stand up or you're a performer, you like it feels weird to just be that, just to do be doing nothing, just to be standing there, and to be the weirdest thing is is to be surrounded by extras. And to be like, I know I worked really hard to get here, and I know I'm not the same. I, you know, I'm here. I'm here in a different capacity as them. Yeah. Um, and like a greater capacity. Yeah. But you feel like getting paid more. Yeah. <laughs> but you feel the same because there's almost yeah. like because you're just there's nothing to do. There's nothing like to to but well for a lot of it for like big pieces of it but you're it great just, in that movie you're was, really funny it was man. fun it was you're fun. super funny i, I love doing you it. seemed completely relaxed and you knew like what you were doing and what well, you were great the stuff where you where you saw me i think uh, that was after that was the later stuff but the first couple yeah, of days yeah, was yeah. all the big big scenes with tons of extras where i was just like what the fuck is going on here i don't know what to do like i'm like yeah because you because i, I Have was you been my, on yeah. set before that at all not I a mean, set that big no yeah I mean I've been on TV it's kind of a shell shock like once you it's nuts get to that point 
Like you're yeah. just kind of like looking down on yourself a little bit. Yeah, it's also weird know? because there's that whole thing where people always think actors are so um, like demanding or are assholes or they want like this this way. I gotta have my coffee this way. I gotta have my chair. You were it's, like that. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's it's weird if you're the opposite of that. If you really just no, don't yeah. want anything, but all you want is, you know, I got fat eating craft service because I just. Oh was, man, craft service is the best. Yeah, you gain weight. Man, I love it. It's like being at a friend's house when you're a kid <laughs> and getting all the snacks but how you, do you want. Don't you just end up? How do you uh, meter yourself from eating too much? Oh man, yeah, it's hard. I just I go for the red vines. Oh, see, that's terrible. Yeah. Jeez, man. What do you go for? Because, uh, I mean, it's just like endless well, snacks. I have, I have a problem. Is that, that I, at all times, want to be drinking a beer, want to be having like a double espresso macchiato. When you're on set drinking a beer? No, just in general in oh, life. Okay. There's okay. no time I wouldn't want to have pizza, donuts, beer, a double espresso macchiato, hot black tea with some honey, and like cookies. I want those things at all times. <laughs> That's oh, like, like a, every like a fucking fried fish sandwich, man. man. Yeah. I just always want that stuff. Fry, pickles. Fried fish sandwich, pickles, fucking... Oh, um, hell yeah. Any of that stuff. Maybe some gumbo? Yes. <laughs> yeah, I want gumbo. I want that at all Gumbo's times. Gumbo is so good. It's the it's ultimate. It's, it's the greatest it's food. It's great. In, it's the greatest food ever. And your crawfish thing was amazing, by the way, Thank man. You. It was really fun. It was It was okay. I think it was good. I can't wait to do the it The second again. batch was really out. good. second batch was on point. I yeah. agree. It was... It was great. Did you did you ever listen to that Elvis album I gave you? Hell yeah. It's great, it's right? Awesome. That's it's, a classic album too, the Million Dollar Quartet. Did you have that one or not, no. It's so good. Yeah. It's okay. it's a little religious, but Yeah, all those guys are but I'm I'm kinda down with a lot of that religious yeah? country. I like Okay, good. It. There's this group, the Leuven Brothers, who I kinda I just got into okay. a lot. They have a um they one of the guys wrote a book. Charlie Leuven wrote a book called oh, Saint wow. it's called Satan is Real because they were very religious guys. Oh well, wow! Not super religious, but you know they just grew up in that that uh, environment. So the, a lot of their songs are about that, and it's uh, yeah, it's a pretty cool book, man. It's really, okay, it's really cool. I'll check book. it out. They talk about El- Elvis was a big fan. There's actually the Lu- really the Leuven Brothers. Yeah. Oh wow! Huge fan. His mom loved him, but I think Ira cursed him out one time. One of the brothers, the the hothead alcoholic brother, cursed out Elvis, and they sort of like had to be separate from then. But Elvis wasn't a dick at all. He was he wasn't mad. Yeah, I heard yeah. he was very. Yeah, he, he was a nice, very chill, nice guy. Chill, nice guy. Except yeah. towards the end, I think he really? kind of. Yeah. Well, the, that's what, what I've heard. What Charlie said is Charlie said that Elvis. He thinks that Elvis killed himself, but didn't, yeah. didn't like kill himself, kill himself. But he knew enough about drugs to not overdose. So for him, for Elvis to overdose is a thing where I think after his mom died, he kind of yeah. went downhill. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Are you an Elvis guy? Yeah, I love Elvis, really? man. How did you get him. into Elvis? I just, uh, I've always, well, actually Luke, Luke Wilson, I used to work for him and he, he listens to Elvis all the time. Really? He really got me That's into funny. Elvis. And Owen too. How did you start working with them? Uh, I was, uh, I worked on a fi- on, on their film, The Wendell Baker Story. Okay. Did you ever see that? I haven't seen that. It's uh, Luke and Andrew Wilson directed it. And I was uh, Andrew, future man. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. And um, yeah, I uh, yeah I worked on uh, in the editorial department on that the post editorial department. Which means what does that uh, mean? It's like 
you know, when you're in the editing room. Okay. I was editing. like a PA. Got it. In like 2005. And that's a small movie. What? That's a kind of a small movie. Yeah, it was small a call, movie. small movie. So everyone knows each other. And yeah. And uh, I was working for Andrew, his future man, as his assistant kind of during that process. And then I got Luke asked me to be his personal assistant in Florida on this movie, on this kid's movie oh, called cool. Hoot. Really? Yeah. Oh, that's so cool, man. Yeah, it was cool. Wow. So. So I did that for a few years, traveling around the U.S. With working, him? Yeah. He was a going from, for years? Yeah, for three years. I didn't know that. Yeah. Wow. So what was great about that for acting is I got to be on these huge sets. So mm-hmm. once I started acting myself is I felt very comfortable on set. That's you cool. Know? You so, were, you, were you acting at that point? Uh, not I was studying it, but I wasn't like booking stuff. It Dude. wasn't until after. Okay. In like 2007, 2008, I really started to book work. That's so and cool. And I've just been doing that ever since. <laughs> so. What did you start studying? Um, Acting? Yeah. I, I started at Beverly Hills Playhouse. Okay. Uh, in, uh, they have a location in Beverly Hills and one on Vermont at the Skylight Theater. And I studied acting there for quite a while. And then Leslie Kahn. Right. And you went to Leslie Kahn, yeah, too. Yeah, I did also. with Leslie for almost a year, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I did that. Let me go back here. I need, need to, you are? I need to freshen up somewhere. Yeah? I got to freshen up. Yeah, it's good to go back. That's smart. Yeah, it's good to, like, submit yourself, I feel like. I was talking to someone, I think I was talking to Duncan about this recently. We were on the road together. I was like, every time I end up taking a class, something happens that keeps me from taking that class. Yeah. So it's this thing where it's Is like... Is it other students? No, I mean, like, like, like work. Oh, like okay. Like good things, like a, like a, like a conflict. So oh, where it's right, right. Where the second I pay a large sum of money down for something... I get the chance to make a slightly larger piece of money, so I end up making, like, not... You know what I mean? It's like this weird thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The universe doesn't want you to... I don't know. It's it's kind of... It's complicated, because I used to think it was just you had to submit yourself to, a, say, like, bow down and be like, hey, I'm I'm not the best. Yeah. I can, I can learn, because you can always learn, right? I mean... Right. I think even... I think even Ryan Flynn told me something about how... He knows that I think De Niro still takes classes kind of regularly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And you always have to be studying. Yeah. And it's good to mix and match, like go different places. Right. Just you know? it's just practice really is all yeah. it is. Or it just is. the action, just doing just doing something just yep. to do it for no other reason than to do it. Kind of yep. Yeah. Very but true. I should get back into it. But um Yeah. So what you started you but you moved out here from, from New York, right? Or the East no, Coast? No, I moved here from New Hampshire in two thousand two. And I went to the New York Film Academy on the Universal lot. Okay. So, and my first movie was actually, that I made, was on the Universal lot in the Jurassic Park set. <laughs> wow. So. That's funny. It, wow. It's kind of a, it's come full circle, like my love of the movie and that being able to act in it. That's crazy. Yeah. It was just like. Wait, so that, ha- so you always, what, you started off with like directorial I, ambitions. Yeah. I started off directing. And then kind of got in, I was a personal assistant for years, you know, working for Luke, working in production. And uh, I just kind of, I always wanted to act since I was a kid, since I saw Ace Ventura. Right. Was my first kind of inspiration to be an actor. Oh, yeah. That movie's. Yeah, I remember the first time I saw that, I couldn't believe how funny it was. I don't think I've ever yeah. seen a theater that in uproar and yeah. laughter in a movie. 
Yeah. Like, I don't think I have I, in a movie that I've... Well, actually, maybe Tropic Thunder. Like, okay. I think people lose their shit with that movie. Yeah. When I saw it in crazy. theaters. Do you feel that way? I don't I don't think I saw it. If I did, I don't remember seeing it in the theater. But I definitely didn't see Ace Ventura in the theater. I saw it on a VHS, I think at a friend's house or something. Oh, okay. And I was like, whoa. Yeah. What the fuck? That was kind it's of so a big funny. game changer for yeah. me. Yeah. Um, but wait, so you went from, from you went to the d- directing academy, but you always knew you wanted to do acting. Yeah, more I've so. always yeah, but I've always been into like filmmaking, like the Coen Brothers and and Wes Anderson and, uh, yeah, I've just always been into. Yeah, I always made films when I was a little kid, like I saved. I worked at Dunkin' Donuts when I was in high school, and I saved saved up to make a to. Uh, by a camera, one of those VHS cameras. Dunkin' Donuts. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. I, I made 600 bucks and bought a camera and made like sketches with my friends. Like Mr. Show was actually kind of my big, once that came out, I started making sketches because I love that show. Yeah, that show. So many people saw that show and they're like, wow, you can be a weirdo and do comedy that's like not like other yeah. comedy and it's okay and it works and people like exactly. it. Exactly. Yeah. That's so many people like I wonder if that show hadn't been around like who wouldn't Yeah, I feel like so many almost everyone I know I don't think probably would even be doing comedy it seems like. Yeah, that and Bottle Rocket was a big inspiration yeah. for me. Yeah. Me Bottle Rocket was the first thing I ever saw. I think I watched that when I was living in Rochester when I was recovering from surgery and stuff. I remember watching that just being like thinking it was so cool because i'm like wow no one else knows about this like yeah this yeah is, that's that's the exact same like it was f- who are these guys yeah who are these oh i became yeah. obsessed man i yeah. was on the fucking for the lawn ra- lawn rangers forum and stuff oh, i was wow. obsessed yeah. with getting jumpsuits it was like a thing where wow i was so into that movie i just couldn't even uh it was just because like, to me it was the epitome of um i saw it after i saw rushmore Oh wow! And Rushmore, I had to it was so hard to see. I had to drive to Minneapolis to see it because it wasn't oh, playing wow. in theaters. That's one of those movies where when I saw the trailer, I knew immediately I was going to like it. It didn't even. Yeah, I was yeah. Just like, oh no, I'm gonna like this movie. I like it. Yeah, already. yeah. That's just totally it's, your vibe. Yeah. Yeah, and then I saw a bottle rack. And I was like, oh my fucking! It just yeah. I, I mean, still to this day, it's something where that the humor that they have in that. Yeah, just who the hell are these guys? So like, so dry and so weird and so just like out of left field with so many things. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So you you've been through quite a health thing, right? Yeah. Well, yeah. It was a while ago, but I mean, I'm still. I guess you kind of always deal with it. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, I had yeah I had I had my large intestine removed when oh, I was man. I guess how old was I? I was like twenty. No. Nineteen. I think that's right. Oh yeah. my gosh. Yeah. But you have you've had a major thing I, too, right? I have. You've had yeah, a heart yeah. surgery, right? Yeah. When when I yeah, I've always had kind of a heart thing when I was kind of a heart thing. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, what, I have what, kind of a heart thing. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's well, oh, the heart. It's the um, you know that organ that just never stops, and if it does, well, you know, you stop noticing it stop because you don't yeah. have the ability to. It's yeah, no big it's, deal. There's a little just, thing yeah. with the heart. It's only your main organ. <laughs> it's only the big boy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I just, uh, after high school, I went to a doctor and they said, your heart is going to grow really big, uh, you know, and, you know, you should stop doing everything and not. Wait, oh, how this, why did you go to the doctor in the first place? Were you having problems with something? Um, 
Well, I had like symptoms of Marfan disease, which okay. Abraham Lincoln had, but I have like a connective tissue disorder and uh, they were just kind of studying me to see what would happen. But I went to this one doctor in, in Boston Children's Hospital and he was saying that, uh, you know, uh, they took a bunch of MRIs and x-rays and they said, your heart is going to grow really big. And, uh, you know, you could die by the time you're 27. Wow. So you shouldn't really do much, uh, just kind of chill out. Mm-hmm. And then we were like, what? Like, Just really? chill out. <laughs> well, don't sorry. go to college. Just kind of stay home. Just stay home. Wait. Um, <laughs> sir, <laughs> that's what he said. He said, hey, um, so you've got this thing. Your heart's going to get really big. Um, so we're just going to suggest that you uh, wait to die. Um, <laughs> Pretty much. He we, just kind of scared the shit out of us. God. And um, I went to a, a second opinion doctor. Mm-hmm. And they're like, no, you're fine. You're good. There's nothing wrong with you. So it was kind of like. That's weird. Extreme of like, you might die to like, you're fine. You're totally fine. Uh, yeah. It's just a precautionary thing. So I, I was on medication for quite a What kind a of time. medication? Just to, to keep my heart right down. Is it like a nitroglycerin type thing or no? Yeah, like I had a leaky valve or something. Jeez. It's, it's at the time, so so I was fine, you know. And then when I was 27, I started getting sharp back pains. Wait a second. What happened after you got the second opinion doctor who said nothing? He said you're fine. So did you... you so I didn't really fine? check up on like Really? I, you weren't like, maybe you should get a third one? <laughs> <laughs> no. Maybe you should get a guy, some guy in the middle? Or no, I, I didn't think like... We How, thought it was fun. Like, we just thought this doctor was freaking out. But you said you were like 17 or 18 at this point. Yeah. Okay. And then I got it checked, you know, 10 years later. So you didn't have anything checked until 10 years Well, after. I did. That's I not did. True. <laughs> I, I mean, I got checkups and stuff. Like, I wasn't, but I didn't get like full on MRIs right. and like studies. Okay. But okay. then when I was 27, I had sharp. Well, actually, my girlfriend suggested at the time, she was like, you should. You know, because I was getting really sharp back pains, right. and they're like, "You should go in and get this checked out." I was 27, and I was I'm 31 now, and uh, they're like, "You need to have heart surgery within a month, or you're gonna die." What the fuck? Yeah, my heart was the size of a, a giant, like a balloon. So a number blow. one doctor was right. I, yeah, Jesus so that guy Christ, was right, man. Um, so if I hadn't really gotten it checked, I'd, I'd be dead. I wouldn't be here. Well, what gets me is that. I can't believe that you went that long without. Yeah, it's pretty to, stupid. I don't because I grew up because I yeah I grew up in Rochester, Minnesota, where the Mayo Clinic is, and that's everyone I know. Every one of my friends' dads is a doctor, just because that's everyone in the town's a doctor for yeah. the most part. A lot of them, like if they don't, work, yeah. if they're not a doctor, they work with doctors, or at least they have some medical knowledge. So the idea of the idea of not seeing a doctor for even more than three well, months is maddening well, to me. Well, I did like, I see a doctor, but like, and I honestly went to another professional that said, no, you're wow. totally fine. That's Just nuts. take this medication. And then it was in a month, like, I had to have open heart surgery. Where'd you have it here? In C- Cedars. Cedars. Yeah, and it was like a 10-hour surgery. Well, so what do they do? Uh, well, they, they went in and put this, uh, basically one of my valves was leaking. The upper so, or lower. Let's, let's talk. Let's get specific here. Atrial. Uh, atrial, I think. Atrial valve. Yeah. Mitral valve. Atrial valve. Okay. And it was, uh, it was leaking. Cause it wasn't closing properly. Exactly. Is there a name for that? 
I know. God, man, I like this stuff. How do you not know? You gotta know this. What you doing coming to this fucking podcast not knowing what the, the Valve thing is called? I, I'm sorry. I, it's okay. I don't even want to think about that shit. Like, you don't? No. Maybe, yeah, maybe it'll go away like it did last time. <laughs> I guess you're right. Yeah. I, I try to, uh, yeah, I need to know more of the details. I mean, I don't, I don't know what it means, but I like, I like the word mitral valve replacement. <laughs> uh, well, anyway, it was, so it was, leaking. it was leaking. So it was, it was getting bigger. It just kept getting bigger. Cause it wasn't emptying all, all the way. Is that it? Yeah. Uh, stretches. Is that? Is, yeah. So it started about right. stretching and it, it, you know, it was like, you know, your heart's the size of a fist and yeah. mine was like two fists. So it takes up too much it Taking up too, too much of my space. space. And it can't do its job well. Either. Yeah. All right. So. So they fixed it? So they went in there and, and put it like a little ace bandage, uh, like type of some kind of really strong fabric oh in there. <laughs> yeah, it's it's terrifying. Well, I mean, I was nuts. fucking terrified. But to be honest, the worst part about all the pain and everything I went through was after when i got constipated that was the worst pain Ooh, out of everything like oh. that was the worst pain yeah out should. of everything i i know that's I funny but no, it's not it makes total sense yeah and robin williams I, i'm sorry to bring him up but you can bring he, him up. he said the same thing in his stand-up too really? what's about what because he had heart surgery i didn't problems, know that yeah a few years ago Wow. And he said the same thing. And it, it's the worst. Because you have to, like, when you can't go, you have to put these, like, depositories up your butt. Yeah. To go. Uh, sorry. To loosen being, it. Yeah. You, know, I, you can say ass. Gross. Yeah, ass. Just it anus. Was, yeah, but. Rectum. I, I mean, that was the worst pain for me. But oh. after that, I started doing live stand up shows, mm-hmm. I think, to kind of deal, deal with the pain. Mm-hmm. Of because it's like man, it's like it's I've never been that close to death. You know what yeah. I mean? Like it's just like you're just laying there and you're just like, okay, I, I'm I could probably die right now. Wait, you so know? how did it work? You went in for this the back pain thing and they and they they figured that that was a part of this heart condition and it needed to be taken care of soon. So you scheduled surgery. You went and had yeah, open I, heart surgery. I went in for. I got an MRI and all. Well, no, I went in and got an, an EKG, and my doctor said, "Like, well, you got some really big skips here." Um, and then I got an MRI, and he's like, "Yeah, you just you need to have surgery within a month, or you'll you'll die." And I had it at Cedars. Cedars. Were you so feeling strange leading up to that? Do you have any sort of weird? Um, like shortness of breath or weird, weird strange. Was there something where you just, that was your life. So you probably that was didn't, the, you didn't notice it cause you just, yeah, whatever. I didn't know that the biggest thing was the back, the mm. sharp, like a knife, like someone stuck a knife in my back. Jeez. And, um, yeah, it was, uh, it was intense. I bet. How yeah. long was the recovery for that? Like a year. So a year recovery to your back to normal, fully back to normal about a year. What was um, it like? I was in the ICU for two two weeks. Two weeks, jeez. Um, ICU is not a fun place. It sucks. No, it's, it's boring. Not. <laughs> you feel like shit. It's bad. It's the worst, man. Yeah, I don't. It's too bright. I don't recommend it. It's really bright. I would man. not recommend heart surgery. Mm-mm. Yeah, try to avoid it. So ICU for two weeks, and then two weeks. What day happens then? Um, 
and then uh, went home and got physical therapy. To and, New Hampshire? No, in L.A. And my, my parents flew out. My whole family flew out wow. and took care of me. Thank you. I yeah. mean, that was, man, I was lucky to have them to take care of me. And uh, yeah, it just took, it took a couple weeks. It took about three months where I could like drive and mm-hmm. and then another six where I felt like starting to feel back to normal. When did it stop hurting to laugh? Oh, geez. Um, I remember that being a very specific thing. Yeah. Um, it's ironic. Maybe like six months, I think. God, isn't that fucked up? Yeah. God, it just hurts to laugh. Like you want to laugh, but it's like, I, I would laugh. I could laugh like, <laughs> you, can't, oh, man. you can't actually laugh because you're going to yeah. bust, literally bust a gut. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was, uh, it was intense. I mean, and to deal with the pain, I think I, right after that, I just started doing, I had been doing acting for a while, but mm-hmm. I started doing, I got into more of the comedy scene. I and thought you were about to say something really sweet, like I started doing a lot of uh, methadone. I had a friend or like, yeah. Yeah. Did you ever take any painkillers and stuff? Oh yeah. Did you not like them? No, I did not. Yeah. Yeah. Some people hate them. Some people love them. Some people like surgery as a means to become addicted to painkillers. It definitely helps for sure. I mean, definitely. Yeah. It's their job. Yeah. But work, man, I just, I'm, I'm so grateful that my girlfriend, Alessandra at the time, told me to to get checked out she was and she was very loving and caring and she slept with me at the hospital when i was going through all the stuff and brought me balloons and did you guys ever have sex in the hospital no no we didn't you don't have to say that That was it wasn't on my mind at the time (laughs) i think that would have been pretty weird yeah I'm awake. Let's have some sex right now. Or maybe uh, some some type of sex. Yeah. Maybe not like a full sex, but just like a, a sexual event. An account, an encounter. <laughs> yeah. yeah that, uh, maybe that. just a boner display. <laughs> yeah. I was actually wondering, like, I was like, is it going to work after the surgery? Oh, really? Well, yeah, just because, like, it's your heart. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. It's your, you know. I guess I didn't think about that, but... Wow, yeah, but yeah. I suppose I suppose uh, you probably found it out. does work though, ladies. Good. If the ladies that are listening, it works. It works. It works. If you were worried about that, um, um lub dub dub. Yeah. Were you, was that something where you know, was there like a profound change in your life before and after? Because that's something where, I mean, that surgery you had is far more serious than what I had. So it's a thing where you feel because cl- chances of me dying from that surgery are pretty slim. Yeah, but um, it's still it's like, it's like a whoa, uh, you're scared and it's crazy because it's such a big event. And you take yeah. time to recover. Was there something in your head where afterwards where you felt like um, almost like it was a near death experience, or you sort of felt like your life outlook dramatically changed or anything like that? Yeah, I feel like you know I feel like before I was just thinking like oh this is just something I have to go through and. Uh, you know, I think my, my parents really helped me get through it. Cause they're like, just think of it, you know, six months down the line, you'll be looking back on this and you'll be okay. You know, they'd say stuff like that or, right. um, they're very supportive in my recovery. I just remember being kind of, um, 
numb, feeling numb, and kind of like checking out from the pain. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like kind of checking out completely, like, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, not, it's weird. It's like, it's just like, uh, just checking out to deal with the pain. You know what I mean? Well, cause it kind of becomes, if it's persistent, you kind of have to stop paying attention to it. Otherwise it will drive you crazy. Exactly. Unless you're just super, that's what being on painkillers is. It's, it's a numbing effect. It takes it away. Yeah. So that's what people like them mentally. It has a similar effect where, uh, I suppose it's something you could do on your own if you had the wherewithal or maybe yeah. figured out how to kind of disassociate from it. Yeah. Yeah. And in terms of like, also in terms of like my view on life, I think for sure, like it's changed, you know, enormously just, you know, trying to be more positive about everything in your life and just, um, you know, just taking things day by day, you know, it's, it's kind of a huge thing for me and also just um just loving everyone around you i think Mm -hmm. it's i think that's the biggest thing going through that was just you know loving each other like really you know not don't be competitive you know look out for for everyone around you and uh just live life to your fullest capacity was what i kind of got from it Mm. and and laugh like and also that's why i started doing comedy i think was just trying to like heal myself from all the pain that i felt yeah because comedy has that uh, has that effect yeah it makes you it forces you to be in the moment because you can't do it otherwise Otherwise, exactly yeah yeah. it's like a so i suppose that's like the whole therapy of it is it's that thing where uh if you're laughing you can't think about other things it's not possible yeah. It's not possible to be to worry about something else in the midst of laughing. So Yeah. But it's hard to laugh all the time. It is. It'd be a little crazy if you laughed Unless they about everything. Some of those yogis, I feel like they do that. It's like I will now laugh for the next three weeks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh. Have you seen an idiot abroad? Uh some some of it. Yeah. I I like there's there's an episode where he goes to a yogi and mm-hmm. It, and they have this thing where they a whole thing where they just spend an hour laughing or something. Really? Yeah, and he was he was just like, this is this is stupid or something. This is stupid. But he must have <laughs> liked it afterwards, right? Yeah, yeah. I think he liked it. But yeah, it's I hard not to I, like feel good after that. That guy's funny. Like Carl. It takes me a while. <laughs> it took me a while to get used to him, but like he's so stupid. Is he really? I, I think he like he knows it. Okay. I mean, he knows that he's doing a bit. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you got to be a little, kick a bit complicit to do that yeah. much stuff. And have you seen Derek? Have you seen the show? I haven't Derek? seen it. No. It takes a while getting used to, but it's really good. You should check it out. Breaking your face is just uh, all this stuff is so good. It's hard. There's just so much of it. I mean, yeah, I love he's the great. I, def- I love the Office. I watched it I think, a couple times through. It's just the funniest thing ever. And extras. Actually, I've seen some of that. that? I like it. It's great. It's I'm hilarious. I'm just forever, forever not, not, and you know, I'm um, too late. Too late. Too late, man. <laughs> too late. Too late. Can never okay. watch it. Okay. I think that's what I keep saying. Is I have to have someone break my fucking leg so I can catch up with TV. Yeah. That way. I Do can, you have cable? No. God, just get rid of it. You did? Yeah. I don't want to have cable. Cables. I think cables bad in a way. 
This cable for me. Well, if you're on it though, it's I'm not, not on cable though. I mean, well, you, you've been, on, been cable? on cable. You went on TV. Yeah, but I've been on it. But what am I going to do? Like, watch myself again? Like, I don't watch. Yeah, I did a whole <laughs> series of TV that I didn't even watch. Really? I know. I don't know what. Which wrong one was right. it? It's a show for ABC called Family Tools. And you didn't watch any of it? I didn't watch any of it. Is that what? bad? How many episodes did you do? Ten. What? Yeah. I should probably watch it. You should watch it, dude. I don't want I don't know what that would be. Was it a bad show? I don't know. Oh man. I haven't seen it. It's not really it's probably not really for me in terms of my taste. Doesn't mean it's bad. I'm on an ABC show right now. Called, What's it called? It's called Selfie. Selfie. Yeah. Are you on that? Are you a regular? A recurring guest. Hell yeah. Yeah, I've done RCG. six episodes. Re- recurring guest. RGC and yeah. RGS. <laughs> yeah. That's it, cool. It starts airing sub- end of this month. How did that happen? Uh, just auditions, man. Just auditions. Just baby. keep auditioning. Just, just keep auditioning. You get so many rejections. Oh, it's yeah. It's just like once you hit the one, you're just like, yeah. Do you feel like there's certain people who bring you in a lot? Like you have like your champions of sorts? Uh, you gotta have no, a it varies. There's not like, like one or two cast directors who you're like, oh, these people are always bring me in and we really get along. Uh, and, and like they want to book me, but maybe don't necessarily get booked. Jewel Bestrup is like that. She's great. And Allison Jones is starting to bring me in quite a bit. Cool, man. Um, who else? Yeah, I don't know. It really varies, man. It, it's, yeah. yeah, I don't have any like... Yeah, the worst is when you have people who are fans. I've had this one casting actress who are fans of me forever. But never, they don't book you? They never book me in anything. But like it's, we're going yeah, it's there, it's like, it's like a real party, man. We're hanging out, sh- shooting the shit. It's great, and um, uh, yeah. Now my thought is that next time I go on there, I'm just gonna act like I don't even know who the fuck you are. <laughs> <laughs> act like t- turn the tables in the relationship. Maybe that'll change the change the outcome. Because I'm like, buddy, buddy, just not really. Well, it can work. I don't know. Uh, Once you stop caring, is when you start booking things. I've, that's true. I've noticed. Uh, sometimes it's hard though to not care about something. But you if don't you want to like not it. care and be a dick. You know yeah, what I mean? yeah. I don't mean that. I don't mean be a dick. I just yeah. Mean like not yeah, not care. It's yeah. hard to not care if it's something that you care about. <laughs> it's that's true. the problem. Yeah, I it's booked push something. Or pull. Yeah. yeah, the last two things I booked this summer were these little indie movies, and one of them I really didn't care about. <laughs> like I didn't give a shit. I was I was like, they, like I thought I booked it. I'm like, no, I didn't. What, what are you talking about? That? No, I didn't. Yeah, yeah. Like, Where you felt you did? Did you feel like you did terrible? I feel like I just did. Didn't matter. Not even terrible. Those are the ones that you book. It's so yeah. weird. But the other one was like one where, I guess I don't even know about it. But yeah, I don't. That's a weird thing. To how do you not? How do you not care? It's a, that's the hardest thing in the world. That's the thing with stand up with anything. It's all about how do you not care? That's like, I don't I know. I think you just keep doing it. I think it becomes practice, maybe. Keep doing right? it. I think you also have to do. I think, yeah, it's a couple things. You have to generally not like the material. You have to generally, generally not want to be a part of it. That helps. <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah. I have dis, any sort of disdain you have for a person involved in the project, that always helps. Um, bringing disdain. They love to see disdain. <laughs> yeah, uh, you should you should teach workshops. Yeah. <laughs> That's <laughs> what I always say. Stuff. I guess as I always think about it in terms of, um, I don't. You have to have some other things going on that you care about. The because 
Exactly. Yeah, to make your own stuff. Yeah, exactly. You have reasons to not need it. It's true. Do you ever have things, problems where you audition for something and you, you feel like you did poorly and you didn't book it and you beat yourself up about it, but then you realize later, like, I really didn't want that stupid part. Like, it was actually like, wow, I really would not have wanted to play that role. Yeah. Like, how yeah, did that, I how feel did that. The, but isn't it weird, like, how you got to that point of thinking uh, you wanted that? How you, how you fooled yourself into thinking you liked and wanted to be a part of this thing when really... It's not the thing for you to do at all. Yeah. yeah. I, and I feel that way about auditions with stuff where it's like, um, I just know I'll read it once and just be like, oh, this, this isn't my, this isn't me. Mm-hmm. Or like, I don't, I'm not going to book this one. Right. And it's always right. Like it's never. And when I do read something that I'm like, oh yeah, this is, this is funny. This mm-hmm. is funny writing. And I know that I could do well at this. Right. Th- those are the things I book. The things that feel like so, like who wrote this? You know what I mean? Like who who's writing this yeah. stuff? Do you ever feel like that? Yes. Like who who the hell wrote this? Like, what these the fuck lines. Is this? Yeah. Oh, well, those of, are the things I don't book. Phantom and I like, always send each other pictures of uh, scripts when they describe a woman as like like Michelle nineteen hot. <laughs> you know how they always describe how hot a girl is, but in like the most boring terms. They don't describe it being like. You know, they don't yeah. have those interesting words. They just say, like, Michelle, <laughs> Michelle, 21, wearing Ben's uh, oversized uh, Steelers jersey, hot, <laughs> <laughs> wanders in, trying to fuck him in the middle of the night, even though he's sleeping. Yeah, that's not very specific. Hot. Because you got you to gotta get the attention of those fucking grease balls paying for it. <laughs> yeah. Ooh, she's hot. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh, get to cast a hottie. Yeah. I had someone tell me that a long time ago. This guy, Elliot Grove. Who's this brilliant guy who runs something called Raindance Films in in London? Oh wow! <clears throat> he wrote a book about screenplays, and he I worked there as an intern for like a summer when I was living there. And he would always talk. He'd always have these vivid descriptions of how disgusting the people are who are buying scripts. Like he's sitting there in his in his his pants stained with pizza and and <laughs> and hoagie juice and his thin alligator skin belt. And you have to write something that's so funny that he wants to pick up the phone and call his only friend in the world his mom and laugh and to, to read off the um to read the script through b- between bites of dripping hoagie to tell her how funny it is he was like <laughs> he said that's what you have to write to write a good screenplay in hollywood to make money so it has to be that funny to appeal to that guy oh wow yeah and it's the same extent he's right it's like there, there's this old guard that's really people. good advice yeah well, he's he wrote a great book it's called write and sell the hot script it's kind of i don't know if it's dated at this point but i suppose some some stuff like that is never dated it's just yeah yeah um but his that book is i'll put a link to it in the podcast it's yeah yeah book. yeah that's that's great it's a good book i'll check that out yeah man i remember steve martin and the writers on the jerk said they wanted to get uh um for every page they wanted to get a laugh that's 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 yeah. standard that's industry standard laugh yeah. a page if you don't have a laugh a page then maybe uh this isn't a comedy after all <laughs> Your, your script is great, but on page fifty-three, uh, what happened? Oh, you know what? That's actually, that's actually a formatting issue. This is should be uh, the previous page. They just they didn't get the note. Um, so actually, uh, page ninety-nine has two laughs. <laughs> so uh, you're getting a little it makes laugh. up for it. Uh-huh. Yeah. 
Tunnel extra. Oh, oh. I put a tunnel apps in the mm-hmm. credits. We actually front loaded <laughs> it and back loaded it, and the middle is um, it's on purpose. It's a, it's called a dry dry middle. The middle is just unwatchable. Unwatchable. <laughs> what stuff? Yeah. Uh, what other stuff you have going on that's like interesting that you want to talk about? That's like, you know, and like what I'm up to. Like pizza. What could I plug? You could do that. Uh, well, self- well, plugging will be at the end for sure. Oh, okay. So watch selfie. Um, watch uh, what's the movie? Was there said? Uh, Dumb and Dumber, Dumber Two. Dumb and Dumber Two. Oh, fuck yeah! I forgot about fall. that. That's, yeah. See, that's the one that takes a long turnaround. Right? Uh, that took a long turnaround or no? No, we shot that a year ago. Okay, well, never mind. I, could, I think everything has a long turnaround. Yeah. Uh, so, Dumb and Dumber... Dumb and Dumber 2, two. spelled T-O. That comes out uh, November 14th. Awesome. And that was uh, that was also a dream come true. That's an audition that I booked in the room. What do you mean? Like, I auditioned and then I was headed to my car. I was in the elevator. Mm-hmm. And they ran after me and said, the directors want to come, they want to talk to you. And I went in and Peter said, um, you're in. Oh, wow. Yeah, you're in. Oh, that's I nuts. gave him a big hug. I was, you know, got a little emotional. I didn't start like crying, but I was just like, oh man, like this is, wow. That's so cool. I was just like, thank you. You just made my year. Because, <laughs> you know, you know, it's like, you, it's like. With acting, it's like so dry for so long, oh, and then once the you worst. get that thing, it's just like, oh, thank you, man. Sometimes you wonder if you're alive. Finally, like, am I alive? What's going on? Did you yeah. guys hear that humming sound? <laughs> What's that? Is that me? What's that weird? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's terrible. That's why you have to do stand up so you don't kill yourself. It's like that's why. Yeah. I mean. That's why I feel like it. If I, if For I was, me, like I like making short films yeah. in between when stuff's not going on. Where can people see that stuff? Do you have a lot of it on YouTube? Or I have else? stuff on YouTube, yeah. Okay. Some shorts that I've made. You can just Google my name. Great. Shorts. Got lots of shorts. And I also do art. I do art art stuff. Website? I have. It's on my... I have a website. Spell it out. Yeah. Um, Spell art it by Maddie. <laughs> uh, art by Maddie. You can find it on Facebook. Yes. And I, I'll do commission work. I do mostly portraits with oil pastels. Ooh. I love my art is kind of like, uh, it's great. <laughs> <laughs> well, the, way you, the way you said great, it's like, I think, I mean, you mean that it's, you like to do it. You like yeah, it. I love yeah. doing it. I lo- it feels it's, good. Yeah, it's a passion of mine. It's a great thing to do while waiting for the phone to ring. Exactly, yeah. That's a it's very relaxed. It's very meditative. Meditative. To oh, draw. It's totally. It's the most, so meditative. I mean, yeah. that's an old, it's a very old Zen thing, right? That's the, that's the, one of the cornerstones of Zen meditation is. Is it really? Is, I didn't uh, even know that. It's painting. There's something, I mean, I'm going to misspeak like crazy here, but there's some, I know that I've read something about, um, cause there's this idea where you want to come from a beginner's point of view with something where, cause a beginner doesn't judge. They're just, they're just doing it, right? You're just doing it because you're just doing it for the first time. So you really don't have any preconceived notions as to what is right or wrong, good and bad. You're just yeah. doing it. And when you do something from a beginner's, with the beginner's mind, you're doing it with the purity that allows you to do it. Uh, perfect, not perfect. I mean, perfect is a bad word. It's always a word that people use that is, uh, a word that is negative because it's like implies that there's something else is imperfect, but it's like a something to be, cause that, that is a part of Zen 
Buddhism is is the the drawing of the things with the brush. You know, yeah, yeah. Uh, the characters. There's a drawing of the characters, which is which is a, a Zen act in and of itself. Yeah. Is so. So there you go, man. Okay. So, so <laughs> Thanks, like man. so like that shit, yo. All right. There's a great book. Maybe I've recommended it before. My friend Barry Barry Rothbart, he recommended me. Read, I read it. Okay. It's called. Uh, it's a meditation book, but you don't have to read it in order to learn how to meditate. It's like it's called. I think it's called the beginner's mind or Zen and the beginner's mind or something. Okay. I'll put it on the I'll website. Check that out. Yeah, it's yeah, I want to check that out. I want to like learn it. more about Buddhism stuff. I've been saying that to people. So. Well. Thank you. Yeah, I'll, I can tell you more, but yeah. Um, I'll tell you off the record. Okay. <laughs> uh, cool. Wait, wait, don't you have some knowledge about wood-burning stoves I want to know about? I feel like we talked about this, but I didn't get to talk about as much. Wood-burning stoves? Didn't you have, grow up with a wood-burning stove? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I grew up in a log cabin where we had a, a wood stove. A log cabin? log cabin in Nottingham, New Hampshire. Why, why is it a log cabin? Uh, my parents built it. They when built a log was, cabin? It was their first house that they... They built it, my dad and my mom and my dad's brothers built this log cabin in the middle of the woods. Um, and we had a, we had a, a, fire, a st- stove. How big a log cabin is it? It's big, man. It's so big, yeah. Do you have brothers and sisters? Um, I have uh, two sisters. And you all grew up together in the log cabin? We did. That's crazy. Yeah, so, we did. Well, for 10, 10 years, 10 but then years. we moved to uh exeter new hampshire bigger city bigger city yeah so for a while you were just roughing it out there yeah we were man it was it was the best wow. living in a log cabin are your parents hippies are they like are they a, t- a subset no of i think it was just like a cheap thing to do back then wow that's crazy. was just build your own house you know so made of logs made of logs how is it insulated with insulation oh so it's yeah. not it's not like a Super rustic long cabin. No, it, it is. I mean, it has installation. Insta- um, I don't know. You'd have to ask a builder. Did you have TV? Uh, yes. And the only the only thing we got was the old Doctor Who. <laughs> That's the only thing I watched. How about dishwasher? <laughs> dishwasher. Um, I think so. Okay. I, I don't remember. So that, that to me, I'm sorry, but dishwasher <laughs> is not that rustic. <laughs> <laughs> You know what I mean? It's I'll like, have to check on that. Yeah. I don't have a dishwasher right now. I don't either. A lot of people don't. You don't need them. You know really. what's pretty zen, actually? I'm not my Washing kidding. dishes. Washing dishes, man. Really? I hate I, I hate, hate washing it. dishes. There's a lot of Zen masters who swear by dishwashing that they, they, they like will teach you once you learn to wash dishes perfectly. Really? Yeah. It's a thing where it's it's supposed to be this meditative act that's selfless for one because you're doing something that's, that's kind of dirty and not that glamorous. So boring. It's boring, but there's something about it evidently that the Zens, the Zens love it. They love washing yeah. dishes, man. I don't blame them. I've heard, I've read a bunch of books, like self-helpish books, where the, the first thing is um, people's lives turned around once they washed all their dishes. Whoa. Once you, once you start taking cracks that's and poetic. stuff like that. It is. Uh, it sounds yeah. Yeah, if you want to start cleaning up your life, you better start with the the dishes. Do you have a, a bunch of dishes stacked Why? up at your house? It's not good right now. 
it's not good. But also, I love that you're giving that advice. <laughs> like, of course, you go home to a huge stack of yeah. dishes. I mean, I can't. I will too. I those mean, I who uh, those dishes. who can't do teach. <laughs> I'm I'm good. I'm good with like cleaning up my house oh. and everything else, but dishes, I just, I'm just like, oh really? man, I'll do those later. I'm terrible at cleaning stuff. I get like my brain is so muddled with stuff. I just. Does your girlfriend that. clean? She's not what? really. She's a mess. She's more of a mess than me, but she's... she's. Well, who cleans then? Do you have a maid? Um, I clean. Oh, I you do? do? Clean. Okay. I clean, clean. She does the dishes. I clean That's other nice. stuff. But I'm talking about like organization. Do you guys stuff. have a chore list? No. Yeah. We just have... We have nothing. We have a large dog. So the dog negates any chore almost about 20 minutes after the chore is done. Carpet yeah. is, again, hard to see through because of the hair. Yeah, yeah, so, the hair. The hair. You gotta get one of those those brushes. Oh, I've got one. Yeah. Oh, baby. Oh, yeah. Don't get me started about dog hair. Because okay. I will talk about dog hair. I've got theories. That's a whole other podcast. That's a whole other podcast. Dog hair. <laughs> I live... If dog hair was a sellable commodity, I would be wealthy. If there was any way to take dog hair... If dog hair was fuel, if dog hair was edible by an insect, I would harbor that insect in my home. Wow. It's just like the hair is unbelievable. Yeah, and you got to write a book too. Yeah, called Hair. <laughs> hair there everywhere. I think that's a, I think that's a musical. It hair. is. A, yeah, it is. I was going to say. So you might have to change. There's everywhere hair. Yeah. You should write a book too. I don't, I don't think so. I'm not good with grammar. You're not? Let's no. Get a ghostwriter, man. There you go. You're stunned. Yeah. Hey, there you just did how would they? How would a ghostwriter, what would they use though? Because they, they can't. They can't. They're ghosts, so they can't touch the keys really here. Right. Maddie, that was a stupid joke. Maddie's our art by Maddie. Art by Maddie. YouTube Maddie. Say your last name. <laughs> uh, Matthew Carteropol. How do you spell is it? Is my professional name. How do you spell it? M a t t h e w c a r d a r o p l e. Um, you can, there's a little website called Google. Just, you can, just uh, drop it in, just drop it in there and you can find everything about me. Lickety split. You can stalk me. Thanks, Maddie. Thank you, Thanks Johnny. You're the best the man. I really appreciate Imparting it. Parting words. Yeah. You're the best man. You're the best man. I wish you a lot of success and, and a happy life, man. You too. Thanks. We're doing it. Yeah, we're doing it. Let's keep doing it. Okay. And, and we're what a wonderful man you just heard talking to me. Okay, so this is Twisting the Wind. This is the ending of the show here. Uh, you've heard the interview. You've heard like an intro piece. There's no phone call. But, uh, but, uh, but, uh, but, uh, but, uh, but, uh, I am going to uh, do a little musical section now. Is that okay? It's been a little while. I want to talk about this song. And I'm going to just throw three right into it. Here we go. Here we go. Welcome to 
musical section It's also an addendum That's at the end of Twisting the Wind Okay, so uh, um, I sure wish that uh, the internet worked at all In the place that I rent as an office space You know, this fucking kind of Goddamn motherfucking bullshit Where it works for a minute And it doesn't want to fucking work And it makes me want to fucking Dude, that's the sound of my fist Punching my fucking hand that's the, ugh, I want to break a fucking chair over another chair until it breaks both chairs because it's so fucking frustrating. Ooh, God, that's where the fucking rage comes from in all music is the internet working intermittently. If you're not going to fucking work, just don't work. Don't work part time. Just turn off. Turn the fuck off and put me in a cave. God damn it. Why do you have to, anything, anything that's inter- intermittent, is always the terror of the fucking universe. Intermittent functioning. Oh, ooh, dad. Okay. <sighs> this band I want to talk about now. You've heard of this band. Uh, it's called the Bee Gees. They're a uh, they're a fucking famous ass band. And by famous ass, I don't mean like they have famous asses. I just was using a stupid colloquialism that people say like, oh, that's a fucking crazy ass thing. And like, oh, ass? What, what does the ass have to do with it? Oh, nothing. It's just the way that we people say stuff like, oh, like, oh, man, I want to eat good bread and shit. Do you want to eat? You want to eat shit and bread? No, I just and shit me like ends other stuff that I don't have the uh, current acumenal phrase power to uh, substantially uh Speak about, a.k.a. be effluent, and what's that word? I always forget to say that's the word I'm not being, whatever, who gives a shack. Uh, this band, the Bee Gees, you've heard of them. They're famous. They're exceedingly famous, mainly because of the of how much people hate them, because people were like all of a sudden decided to hate disco for some reason, which always, something that I definitely spent a period of time in my life being like, disco, disco's bad, right? Disco's bad because, you know, rock. Because you gotta have, you gotta do rock. You can't do disco, you gotta do rock, baby. But disco is awesome. It's uh, just as good, it's no different, it's, it's you're a fucking um, person who has to have it, have it a certain, oh, it's gotta be this way. It's got to be just the way of the that the click I do does it. Otherwise, it's stupid, stupid, bad. So who cares about that stuff? The Bee Gees, they formed a long time ago. A long time ago. They're from like, they formed in 1958. And it's, uh, it's three brothers. It's Barry, Robin, and Maurice Gibb, the Gibb brothers. And uh, I kind of got into them late. And I guess, not, I guess, of course, I get into them late because they're all the music that I like of theirs was recorded before I was even born, so it's inherently late. But what I mean is, um, I think it took me a while to come around on them as being uh, what they are. It was this crazy fucking uh, psychedelic pine, psychedelic band. Their their early music is uh, incredibly psychedelic and super interesting, and the the production is off the fucking charts and beautiful and all these things. But all because of Saturday Night Fever, they've been they've been left to sort of wither away as just this disco group that took the brunt end of the baseball bat from the anti-disco movement, which is uh, sad. And that's but that also just is how things happen. But at the same time, they're also extremely loved by many people, regardless of any of that weird disco backlash thing that happened in the seventies. So this is an album. This is the I want to just play one song of theirs because I feel like. Uh, to play more would be to invite 
um, fucking music lawyers to visit me at my home and whatnot. But this is from their, uh, I guess it's their fourth album. It, it kind of depends on what you want, how you want to describe an album, but this is from 1968. So 1968, as we all know, one of the seminal greatest years of all American and or Western recordings of all time. 68 is the same year that uh, I think Stand came out. Sly and Thelma Stone, Stand, what is it? It's, it's, I don't know, it's like a, it's around Woodstock. All this fucking crazy shit was happening. 1968, uh, reggae music took a big fucking massive explosion in 1968 to become rock steady. So it, it's definitely like this. There's no surprise that this beautiful song I'm about to play off the album Horizontal, which is the title track, Horizontal. Off the album Horizontal from 1968 is just like all these other things in 1968 where it's this brilliant fucking shining. Uh, I, I was I think I heard it for the first time listening to it on my iPod when I was jogging, and it came up like, "What the fuck is this? It's so shimmeringly ethereal. Ethere- it's ethereal. It's just this uh, otherworldly song." very poetic I listened to it like 16 times in a row and maybe it cried while I was jogging because I was getting so many endorphins either way there you have it uh, I'll just play it now it's in stereo but it doesn't matter because you're not going to hear it in stereo so you have to fucking go out and buy it go to click on the links and buy it
that's how you do a beautiful song, isn't it? Holy fucking shit. God, could you imagine having a voice like that? It's like, it sounds like his voice. Ugh, it's just brilliant. Fucking goddamn me. Ooh, daddy. Horizontal by the Bee Gees. There's something about when that bass comes in, even though, like, this, there's so much bass now. Like, we have, like, such a significant amount of bass in the world these days. That we we're able to just, to just really blow it out of the park, really, to really knock you down and flatten you with bass. And, for some reason, I don't know if it's just the dynamics that they're able to 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 perform in that song, the Bee Gees as a group. But when that bass comes in, it feels like a fucking <laughs> like a modern bass drop. But really, it's just a guy playing a bass in a studio someplace in like Sussex. I don't know whatever the fuck they recorded that. But god damn, just a blast. That's the kind of song that is so good you couldn't use it in a movie. It would be too distracting. Maybe I've said that before on the podcast. Uh, my old my old dear friend Bob Link who I uh, was roommates with and used to DJ with at WVFS Tallahassee, once said that of an Otis Redding song. And it's always stuck with me because there's certain songs that are just, the song is so fucking evocative and so uh, there's so much imagery in that song that you couldn't put in a movie unless it's a movie about the song because it's just too goddamn blunderbuss, break your fucking neck, powerful. I feel like Horizontal, that song is one of them, where you could have it in a movie, but it'd have to be about someone committing some sort of weird, psychedelic, interstellar, digital suicide by this crazy type of milk that, that covers your body and fills you with nanobots, and then you're blast off into the eons to never see your loved ones again. Like that's a, That song to me, it's like that. It's a guy in a fucking spaceship about to leave and be gone forever. And it's like this this sad thing where he's he has to go, but it's it's sad because he'll, he'll never see these people again because he's leaving the gravity well. And it's just, uh, I don't know. I don't even know what that song's really about. I don't, I mean, I know it's about dreaming. I know it's about... I don't know. I'm not sure. I, I think I kind of feel what it's about, but I don't know what it's about. Maybe you can't know. I don't know. What I do know is that's all I'm going to say about that song because I'm, I'm just, it's, what can I say, really? The Bee Gees, 1968, album Horizontal, the title track. Get it. Get the whole fucking album. The album. Their first three albums are all outstanding and beautiful. Ooh, I should play more songs. I should play... um. Fucking uh, whiskey and rye, or ugh, this. <laughs> ah, how do you do? Thank you for listening to the Twisting the Wind musical section. Thanks you for, for thank you for listening for the for the thank you for uh, thank you for uh, thank you for uh, just uh, finding a way to, to pick up and then this thing then you had you had, but um, that's all we got. And I'm gonna play you this little um, shitty little weirdo mouth echo song i made to end the podcast and that'll be it okay it was good right was it a good was it a good time i think it was good should i wait until someone says something right now no one's gonna say anything i'm just looking around no one's gonna say anything at all i know no one's gonna say anything i'm you know i'm just looking at a piece of sage sage flowers dried sage flowers they're not gonna say anything i'll just let the song speak for itself here
National Security Agency to assess and flag citizens of the country who may present a threat to its security. The NSA has clearance to wiretap by any means necessary. Tapped. Incidental recordings of private conversations from the files of the NSA. Now on feralaudio.com.